Hey everybody, welcome back to Nevcast! Yay! I'm Brad. I'm Ryan. Hey, it's been a long time since I've done this, I think. Yeah, it's you've like probably a missed a month. Yeah. What have you been up to, Ryan? I've been working my stupid ass off. Really? Brad, what have you been doing? I've been getting my ass back into work, and... You have. And now back out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's kind of the story for today, is that I went back to work for a week. I got hired by the company, and I trained for two days, and then for another three days, I sat around and browsed the internet for eight hours because they didn't have any work for me to do, and then yesterday, I did the same thing, and then today, they finally realized that we probably shouldn't be paying this guy, <laughs> as well as 23 other people. And we all got furloughs, so hopefully in two weeks we'll be back on the job like nothing big happened, and um, yeah, that's my story for today. <laughs> um, what else is due, Brad? Um, I, had a I, funny I expect st- something riveting. I don't want any bullshit. Well, well, Ryan, I do have a little bit of a story this weekend. Right on. Um, on Friday... Well, a couple days before Friday, I got a call from uh, some old friends from my last job who are involved in the underground music scene in Denver, and they have a band, they know a band called 200 Million Years who were having a CD release party, and they needed somebody to go film it. So they hired me to go on Friday night down to the Metal Arc Lounge. They hired you? They paid you? Yeah. Fucking A. 20 bucks. Hey, it's a job, baby. $10 an hour. Um... So I went down there, and uh, I there was only me, and I they wanted me to operate two cameras, so I tied one of the cameras up to the rafters of the club, um, and then I went handheld with the other one. and uh, To make it more of a documentary, Phil? Uh, yeah, in a way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do the live show, uh, you, like, most when people hire me, they expect one camera, but when you edit it together... Um, it really it's really not interesting when you only got one angle even if yeah. you're up there picking different shots really fast uh, trying to edit it all together and like back into the song like using different clips from different times it's just it's not as dynamic as like having three different cameras in an area of a, of a live event and just picking yeah those well, distances yeah, yeah I mean any concert video would be more exciting than just you know yeah <laughs> but even if you cut up that one shot it's still it's, it just looks yeah. like you're just skipping ahead in time yep so, anyway, um, I was, 200 million years came on finally, and I'm up front waiting for them to actually kind of start and testing my shots, and this cute girl is, suddenly like, moves to the front of the crowd and is, like, standing next to me, and, I, like, I really want to say something to her, but I can't think of anything until way past the end of the night, and I kind of kick myself all night, because... Um, it would have been really easy to say something like, oh, you you know, are you big fans of this band and whatnot? So kind of bummed about that after the recording. And so while I'm waiting to for the bar to close so I can get back up into the rafters to get my camera down, um, this girl from this other band walks over to our table and she starts passing out flyers uh, for uh, her band CD release party, which is in a couple days or something. And uh, she also, like in the middle of the conversation invites all of us to go to a party she's having that night and it's the weekend I don't have anything to do with the next morning but I'm just so beat from my new job over the week that I tell her I'm going to go but I, in my head I'm like I can't make it if I come home late I'm probably going to drive off the road asleep <laughs> like I always do so I'm a I'm a witness to that going happening yeah Ryan knows a lot like how easy it is for me to fall asleep <laughs> behind the wheel um you probably said it on a podcast before. Um, I'm sure we have. So, 
I elect not to go, and then she leaves. Uh, this is the thing I didn't tell you. I actually got her number. You did? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I got it or <laughs> where the conversation came from, but her name is Summer, and it's in my Dude, my it's iPhone. like your dream girl, 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, I know. what are the odds, you know? Yeah. Um, it wasn't the same girl that was up front when yeah. I was recording, though, but... Um, uh, so I leave, I go to my car to pull, like, pull my stuff in, and as I'm almost to my car, this guy in like a white sedan rolls up next to me. He's like, hey, hey man, I need, I need your help, please. Uh, his story is that he's this guy from Laramie, Wyoming. He His phone is in his girlfriend's car, and she took off. I don't remember for what reason, if she was pissed off or he's just an idiot and left it in there. But he, I get the vibe that he wants me to give him cash uh, to go get gas, which probably means he's just going to take the cash and do it, you know. He's, he's panhandling in a yeah. different way. But I actually don't have any cash on me, so I'm not lying. I can't help him out. I can follow him to uh, the nearest gas station and use a credit card. So I offer that to him. He's like, okay. Um, so I go to the nearest gas station with him, and while we're filling up, two homeless guys roll up to us. And asked ask me for cash. Again, I don't have it. I have a quarter. I give that to him. Um, finished filling up the guy's car. He's, you know, he swears. You filled it up? No, I gave him like five gallons. Damn, that's still pretty nice, though. Like, uh, what, 15 bucks? Uh, was it five gallons or just $5? I think it was just maybe $5. I hope. <laughs> yeah. So just enough to get him to another spot to, you know, ask for help. So, and then he gives me his number to say, hey man, call this and, you know, you'll know I wasn't lying. Like, no one will answer. I'm like, okay, great. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> How about I call it and I give you my address and you pay me back? Yeah. So, but I was like, mm, five bucks, whatever. Um, it's on credit. And so, as I'm walking back to my car and he takes off, I look at the two homeless guys sitting in front of the convenience store. I'm just like, I guess I could help these guys too. Like. <laughs> too nice you're shaking your head yeah i'm you're too, too nice. nice you're you're treating you're like helping uh fuck i can't say it. it's a dr horrible until patrick harris says it as a character it's a uh, it's a disease you're just helping i don't fuck I'm, i just ruined it but anyways, whatever anyway ahead. so i i like I, I might as well buy these guys like chips or something you know something small so I'm like, hey guys, you you know, you want something from the? It was also a convenience store combination McDonald's. So the first thought I had was like, you guys want some McDonald's? And then the, one of the homeless guys looks and goes, um, they're, they're closed, like the lights off. And I realized, oh, that's not gonna work well. Do you want candy bars and chips or something? And they're like, yeah, sure. So I go up to the window, and the gas attendant guy has the convenience store closed, and he doesn't speak English, but somehow I managed to convince him to open the door. And so I let one of the homeless guys in, and he picks out uh, first the candy bars, and then he moves on. He's like, hey, man, can I get, like, a drink? I'm like, yeah, sure, get a drink. Gets two Gatorades. Um, then uh, he's like, uh, can I get um, some Cheetos? Then he gets Cheetos, Pop-Tarts, and what else? Oh, he tries to get a sandwich. He's like, And, like, as he's walking back, he's like, no, never mind. I probably shouldn't press my luck with the sandwich. I'm like... <laughs> I would trade the sandwich for in place of the like candy. Pop tart. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. I just want to get out of here. So, and then as we're up at the counter, he's like, "I suppose I get some smokes." I was like, mm, "No, no smokes, <laughs> just food." 
Yeah, so I pay for that, and uh, the whole time I'm just thinking, if I just gone to that stupid party, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you be, could out, be like out with bucks. a hot chick and maybe yeah. banging her, but nope. Possibly, yeah. Chances yeah. are better than yeah, but more bum that I'm spending money than yeah, just hanging out. Because my thought was, I'll go to this party and I won't know anybody, and I'll just be walking around feeling uncomfortable, and this chick won't even like be around or talking to me. So it's three in the morning. Why should I be doing that? But instead, I ended up paying like. 10 15 bucks for a bunch of because <laughs> you have a big heart i have a really big heart oh so girls if you're out there listening wait wait do you mean sucker i'm a sucker no That's i meant that is. heart no Man. i'm a sucker I'm like hey there's a wounded animal let's help it <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that's my weekend story and i got an iphone which is sweet that yep. was like two weeks ago so that's what i've been up to and you just been working yep. how are things with your lady always good she's awesome she hasn't been on the podcast in a while. Yep, she's uh. I want her to come back on because she hasn't like talked since you guys. You know, I know for, for over a year. Your relationship to the next level, the final level. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Put the nail in the coffin. No, she's really busy though. She's uh. I know she's she's graduating. Yeah, she's has a test this week. Then she has spring break, and then she uh. I got one of those last night too. I'm pointing to my peach brisk iced tea, iced tea which you can't see <laughs> at home. Uh, but yeah, no, she has that. Then she's taking two classes in the summer, and then twelve credits in the fall, and then she'll graduate in December, and then we will be married in February. Hey, Brad, I need a videographer for my wedding. Holy shit! <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brad is a videographer for everybody, yeah. and even if I wanted one, I would not hire you, Brad. Because, not that you're bad, but you never get to enjoy weddings. I always see you around with a camera, and, you know, you're always looking for shots. And Yeah, I think every wedding I've been to, except for my grandparents' re- like wedding, I've been working. Exactly, and I don't want, you know, if you when you, if you make the, the video, I don't want to be bothered by Laura constantly asking where your video is. Because if I know you, you're really timely on delivering wedding videos. <laughs> I know, I, I'm, I'm really on the ball with that. But I know, but I mean, seriously, you know, you're like one of my best friends, so I don't want you to have to sit there and you know look for shots i just want you to enjoy it eat yeah. food and have fun what's the point like half the time when i'm working the bride and groom don't even know what they want out of me exactly so because so, you know bride and grooms are so busy doing other stuff yeah so you know not that your stuff's like i said not that it's just bad i just want you to enjoy it and i don't want i mean if you want to film me it's up to you but i would yeah much rather have you go there and just have fun and apparently laura doesn't even care about video no yeah. she's she was wants a bunch of pictures yeah like you know still pictures so she doesn't think it's necessary to have a video do you think we look gay with these headsets on no i think we're all right like fags <laughs> no no if it was going in and out of our mouth oh, then yeah. it'd be um this netcast features our headset recorders we, yes we used to have little stick mics and we've upgraded you know and just listening to the test it sounds a lot clearer it does sound better doesn't it it does because our mouths aren't moving away from yep, the sound. it's stuck so. it's stuck on us and you're getting the highest quality. Yeah. And actually, for $7 headsets, they're really not that bad. Like, no. they're not really scratchy. Not at all. So, yeah. So, anyways, um, so, Brad, what really brought us to this podcast today is What that, is this podcast really about? Uh, besides <laughs> our, was, I don't know how long we were just bullshitting. Um, we, I, I posted, I don't know, um, Saturday? Sometime. Your weekend involves seeing a movie. Oh, yeah, my weekend involves seeing um, Alice in Wonderland by Tim Burton. And, yeah, no. I I am not a Tim Burton supporter. I like some of his movies, but I don't... My, my problem with Tim Burton is all his movies try to be goth, 
and they really appeal to like middle school girls <laughs> and i don't i don't subscribe to that bullcrap and because you know he tries so hard for things to be weird that it's just stupid so we're watching uh so my fiance laura she loves tim burton and she she sees movies i want to see all the time like last weekend we went and saw the crazies and cop out two movies i wanted to see she didn't want us to really see them but she wanted to see cop out because she likes kevin smith too so, she wanted to see Valentine's Day, so weeks before that. Yeah, so I did see Valentine's too. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know which one's worse though. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, so you know you, fuck. What am I trying to say? So I, I said yes. Of course, I'll go see the movie with you in 3D. I don't. I'll see any movies. You know, me and you will watch any movie. We're movie fans. Yeah, so I'm movie fans. So I'll sit down and watch it. You know, I, I knew from the previews that there was a strong possibility that I would not like this movie, and not necessarily because it's Tim Burton. But when you when you watch the the previews, it just seems empty, and uh, CGI, and that's all you get from it. When I was watching the movie, you know how I describe it: empty and full of CGI. <laughs> Everything you expected. Everything I expected, and the 3D effects, terrible. I they they don't pop off the screen. Um, I saw Avatar in 3D, and I I'm not a fan of Avatar. <laughs> Obviously, either the Academy. Um, <laughs> But I'm not a fan of it. Gosh, but still, talk about that too. Yeah, uh, but still, you know, the Avatar. There are some parts in 3D where it's actually amazing. But this movie, no. It, in the the only character I actually really enjoyed in it was the uh, um, the cat. He was really the Cheshire cat. The Cheshire cat. He was really funny, and he only popped up every once in a while, and he he like helped, and and that was the only character I really enjoyed. A lot of people liked the March Hare because he was funny and crazy. Um, Johnny Depp was good. I mean, he, he you can't... Johnny Depp's always good. You know, he's a character actor. But his character design really distracted you from the movie because they made his eyes really big and his hair was all over the place. So you really couldn't... I don't know. And then he... You've seen the Alice in Wonderland, the Disney cartoon, right? Yeah, I own it. Um, the Mad Hatter on that has, like, a lisp. And he talks like this! Um, Johnny Depp has a lisp in it, but he also, like goes into like a Scottish accent every once in a while and back and forth so because he's crazy because he's crazy yeah. so it's kind of fun you know and of course Johnny Depp always does well but just oh my god the whole movie it's just it, it just nothing happens and it's just not impressive and then you know you have to sit through um, Crispin Glover's in it and I, I love Crispin Glover but he plays um, the Red Queen's like knight guy like the head honcho and he is stretchy and gangly of course, they're going to make him CGI. They're not going to put him like in stilts or anything. And you can, and it's jerky. You know that CGI that's jerky where it's not smooth, mm-hmm. and like his face looks like it's just superimposed on a computer image, which it is, and it's just bad. It's mm. just, it's just bad. There's nothing. And so, anyways, I on my Facebook, I posted, um, "Hi, I'm Tim Burton, and I just made Alice in Wonderland." The problem is, it absolutely sucks. <laughs> and uh, and little did I know, by saying just a little post like that. My Facebook page would be littered with littered with people hating it. Um, Laura liked the movie, obviously. Obviously, uh, you know some people do like it. I read a review of it in um, the newspaper, and they said it's the most visually impressive movie they've ever seen. Lies, but <laughs> I, I, you have to, you'd have to see it, Brad. You know, yeah, I, I have not seen it. I wanted it. to up until the day it came out, and once I read reviews that pretty much described what I my fears about the movie were coming true. Exactly. It's... Like, I, 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 I'm I a Tim Burton fan. I appreciate his dark character designs and stuff. And so 
I was interested. I wanted to see it, but also like as a filmmaker, I saw like looking at the CGI and everything. I saw what problems. And after watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like or Charlie and Chocolate, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, what what this movie could be. I would like read the reviews, and after reading the reviews, it pretty much described everything I was suspecting. Exactly, exactly. You don't. It was, there's nothing in it that was shocking, and they spent uh, fifty-five and no more than an hour because it's just before the end of Alice, like convinced she was in a dream. And nothing's worse than when you're in an audience and you know that it's not a dream, and you have to be constantly reminded that she thinks it's a dream, even though she's returning to Wonderland, which I guess she called it wrong, because in Tim Burns it's called Underland. Underland, Because, yeah. get it, it's underground. Well, but, I guess it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, Wonderland still exists, it's just that, that where they are now isn't exactly. and it's, the same world. But, uh, you know, it, it's just, it was aggravating because she says, but if this is a dream, how can I not wake up when I pinch myself? As, and then ten minutes later, she'd say something else about being in a dream. How, I'll help you even though I'm in a dream. And everybody in the audience knows this isn't a dream. And then all of a sudden, at the end, she rallies for girl power. It's just retarded. And he didn't write the script, so it's not really his fault. He's just directing the material he's been given. Yeah. But it, it, by Tim Burns' own admission, like he has said in like interviews, like he wouldn't know a good script if it bit him in the ass. So like that's not well, what he's it's focused not what, on. He's, he, focused he's on a visual visuals. director, yeah. and I'll go on. The, I, I like I like Sweeney Todd a lot because it's a different movie that he makes. I like Sleepy Hollow. I like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but then he, he just I just don't like movies that are weird for the sake of being weird, and that's what Tim Burton was trying to do with this. And he has a Jabberwocky dragon, and it looks CGI. It's just oh god, I can't. And it just takes you out of the movie. Even in Avatar, where you know it's CGI, you still get sucked in the world because it's done better. And I don't know, I can't. I, I just so, anyways, I just didn't like the movie, and so I put this on there. And uh, our friend Matt, what, what what was his first post? He said, um, "Yeah, uh, Tim Burton ruined my childhood, or something." With he ruins childhood stories. Childhood stories um, because he. He was mentioning uh, specifically Charlie and the Cho- Chocolate Factory, um, which again, you know, it's not a terrible movie, but it's just not good. You know, that's what, how I would describe Alice in Wonderland. It's it's terrible. It's there's <laughs> it's just I don't know. I I didn't laugh at all. I don't know if I'm just a cynical moviegoer now, but you know, and or I just don't understand movies some how they appeal to people. But even at the end of Alice in Wonderland. People were clapping, like they just saw an amazing movie. I think a lot of people who have not been introduced to 3D um, are getting on the bandwagon. Yeah, it's. I think that's what they're applauding because it's it feels well, revolutionary to them. But we've you know seen plenty of other movies. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it made 117 million dollars as opening weekend, so we're not the only ones. Yeah, obviously I mean, they marketed it well and marketed well, and you know, it's just. The whole time, I, I think the movie is only an hour and forty minutes, but it seemed like it's three hours long. It feels long. That's not good. You know, you're just waiting for something to happen, and it's. And then you know, before she goes to uh, Underland, all the characters that they have that you're meeting, of course, are like the snobby, weird people that are in every Tim Burton movie. I just want him to see. I want to see him make a different movie. I understand that's his. I'll give you that. Like he's pretty much, on, he's gone on autopilot with his style. Well, like I mean, the past couple movies. Exactly. I mean, what's but it? 
Also, he's almost pushing 50, and when old people just kind of get comfortable with the familiar... I know, but you, you, I would exp maybe just one time branch out, make a comedy or something. 23 comments. Sorry, I'm bringing up your thread. Yeah. No, it's fine. I mean, he even people love Edward Scissorhands. I don't think Edward Scissorhands is a good movie. People like Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is good when Beetlejuice is in it. Yeah, which he's not in it that much. He's not, he, I, I would say, what, maybe 10, 20 minutes in that movie? At the very, most. Very at the few, most. Yeah. And the rest it's of the time... they never made a sequel. And then you're seeing, uh, like, The Corpse Bride is basically an animated Beetlejuice. That's the only thing I got out of it, and I really hope my fiancé doesn't listen to this, because that's her favorite movie. <laughs> so Corpse Bride? Corpse Bride. I thought her favorite was uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, it's a... It's kind of the same. same like it's, it's not the same. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, the first response was Laura, your, you know, your fiance. Mm -hmm. I like that you apologize for not liking a movie that I did. Oh, you're so cute, Frank McGuire. I don't know who that is. My friend. Did you? Would you? Did you? Would you see it in IMAX 3D even if it sucked? Thomas Randall. Boo! It was awesome. Disagrees with you. Mm-hmm. Then you. That's Laura's gay friend. <laughs> No, you don't need to see it in 3D. It's not worth the extra cash. And apparently it's not worth non-3D either. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Thomas Randall. It was so worth it. And then you. Sorry, sir. No way. Tell me a part that blew you away in 3D and you will be a liar. Smiley <laughs> face. Then I uh, contributed one of my dumb puns. Sounds like Alice in Blunderland. <laughs> <laughs> you just write headlines for uh, reviews. <laughs> I know. Uh, Thomas Randall again. I was blown away times 50. Helena was amazing, and the March hair cracked me up. Perhaps I'm the only true Alice fan. Okay, I'll, I'll stop on Tom that one. Um, Tom, you're a, good f you're a good friend to Laura, and I like you a lot. But I asked you to tell me a part in 3D that's a, that was amazing to justify paying the extra money. Is Helena you did in 3D? not tell me a part in 3D. And then Laura apparently agrees with him. Woo, go Tom. And then Brandon chimes in. Ha ha ha, that is awesome quadruple exclamation points tim burton is on facebook <laughs> that's because i put hi i'm tim burton and i absolutely suck <laughs> oh because I, I look for tim burton's uh, official page and he just has a fan page he doesn't have a, a, a person account ryan frost i know right <laughs> and um i guess this must be where because matt deleted all his comments but uh he said something about batman being ruined so i put in Psh, that first batman is still cool and this is where it gets sketchy because I don't remember, but it's because he deleted them all. It's a bunch of responses by me, and then you. So, but yeah, I'm explain what Matt was talking about. Uh, Matt, what, uh, he brought up that he, you know, Tim Burton ruins his childhood books, and then you kind of went into this like fanboy uh, back and forth banter. Oh, because he commented on. Um, did you see Tim Burton's designs for when he was going to develop Superman? And so, it wasn't. I wasn't calling Matt a fanboy per se, but it just sparked my my ire towards fanboys mm -hmm. when they complain that uh, movie makers aren't adapting the comic book uh, property faithfully, like mm -hmm. exactly down to every last freaking detail. Yep. You know, we then that's really what we wanted to talk about in this podcast. But <laughs> my Alice in Wonderland tirade. Yeah. Um. Finally, the real topic is. The, yeah, the fanboy, the fanboy expectations are ridiculous uh, compared. And I, I wrote down some things that really caught fanboys, made them really mad. And we'll start first because we're talking about it. Tim Burton, 
Mm-hmm. And he did a Batman movie in 1989. And I remember, um, not so much when it came out, but after the fact, reading reading about it, that uh, Michael Keaton was despised yes. to be chosen as Batman. Of course, before anybody saw a reel of film. Right. Um, I, I remember there was like a headline in Variety or something saying uh, Warner Brothers makes a blunder on casting Batman. And... I will give Tim Burton credit for casting Michael Keaton as Batman, mm-hmm. because when you see him, you don't really picture it. But when he's Batman, Bruce Wayne, yeah, he's a good Batman. Well, I don't. This was Tim Burton's rationale for why he cast uh, Michael Keaton is because in his mind, he felt that the reason Batman would need to wear a suit uh, is to um, is because like a fearsome suit is because Bruce Wayne himself is like not an athlete like a big built athletic guy he needs to wear something to make him look more intimidating and of course tim burton's rationale is because he's never read a comic book (laughs) because we do know that bruce wayne is a pretty physically fit guy and does but you know that's irrelevant Mm -hmm. um but you know the 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 fanboys on that to this day they're still mad i'm not a big fan of the first movie i mean I'll, i'll admit it there's parts of it that i enjoy because you actually you let me borrow those movies because i didn't see them in a long time and I went back and I watched all four of them, and I I think the second one's the best one. Really? Yeah, the first one is just there's parts of it that are really funny, but um, Jack Nicholson's Joker sometimes is so out there that it kind of detracts from the rest of the movie. But there are some really good parts, uh, character beats with him and Michael Keaton, because Tim Burton also threw in the fact that uh, the Joker killed. Batman's parents. parents, yeah, which isn't true to the comic. Which isn't true to the comic. It makes if, sense if, for that story. If you get it to fit, it's fine. Um, but I don't know. I just never like. It's an okay movie. I, I, I it's entertaining. I, I never looked at it as, oh, I can't believe they're having Joker kill his parents. Well, the thing with Joker is you really don't know who he really is, so you can kind of make up your own story for him. You yeah. don't have to stick to. He doesn't have an origin he story. Do, he he does actually have an origin story, but. At the end of that origin, he tells, he's like, eh, you know, maybe I remember it one way, maybe I remember it another way. Who knows? So It's, it's not definitive. So there's no definitive. Um, and in fact, if you say that the, it's his origin story where he was the Red Hood and fell in chemical vat, that's just the one that's accepted. It's not the one, maybe it's the one in the story he told that day because he has a whole bunch of variations. And of course, he's a he's a psychopath. So, you know, he's just telling you what he feels. And, and that's, I mean, part of the genius of the Joker. And that's why I don't think him killing Bruce Wayne's parents or something like that. I, I think it actually kind of fits with the character because maybe he didn't do it and it just fits with his persona as just a mentally unstable person. And you also have to consider how many superhero movies were around before that first Batman came oh, out. Oh, yeah. I mean, none. Superman? Superman. That's it. Yeah. Superman 2, maybe? Well, no, probably Superman. When, when did 3 or 4 come out? I don't even know. I think Superman 2 came out in 82. So the rest of them had to be 89 was Batman, so maybe all four came out by that time. But yeah, no, you really didn't have a viable The Punisher. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren's Punisher. Yeah. Uh, There was, was there a Spider-Man? There's a Spider-Man TV show, live action. TV show, like in the 70s, but that But yeah, so you got to understand, Warner Brothers is thinking, you know, we're probably going to get one movie out of this Batman character. Comic books aren't this, aren't popular, you know, um... Yeah, you know that's no one really. They their ideas. They're unfamiliar with comic books. They don't think it's going to be a hit. Yeah, you can you can credit Batman, a long time ago for being one of the reasons comic book movies are where they are today. Mm-hmm. 
Um, obviously, actually, you know, the Blade movie was a real one that catapulted Marvel and then the X-Men following. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't... The, the, the fanboys... and I mean, I am a fan too. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm above anything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have you can't... Some things do not translate well on screen. Um, the Batman movies, most of them are good. Batman and Robin. I mean, meh. meh. You know, you can watch it, so I don't think they're unwatchable. I mean, it's not good, but, you know, it's not like uh, House of the Dead. Yeah. Where you can't sit there and watch it and be entertained. There's parts in um, Batman and Robin I don't mind. Um, the cinematography in uh, Batman Forever, I read, was uh, nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, so, you know, you never know. But, yeah, that was a, that was a big one, that Michael Keaton being Batman. Those. And, you know, I- I'd say it goes Christian Bell than Michael Keaton as far as Batman's. And not just because they've both been in two, but as far as who they are and... Ranking them. Yeah, they're I ranking think it's today, you know, the 1989 Batman, then you have Dark Knight or Batman Begins. They're both apples. One's a red apple, one's a Granny Smith apple. <laughs> uh, they're different apples, but they both taste great. Yeah. So, except for you. You don't <laughs> like one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, it's, not that, it's not I don't know, I just never really got it. And I think it's more of my dislike for Tim Burton. I just think he's too weird for his own good. Some of his, like I said earlier, some of his movies I do like. But I'm not a bit, like, you know, people will string me up when they find out that I don't like Edward Scissorhands. I just think I don't blame you. That's a weird movie. Yeah, you like, know. I didn't like it for the longest time, but. I'm still not a fan. I just don't like because it it's so weird. And he tries to, like, his characters are just so bizarre. Like, it fits in, like, Pee Wee, because Pee Wee's bigger than life. And uh, Sweeney Todd, I think he's more, he was more um, constrained to the material because it's a musical. Mm. And that's why I didn't mind, like, the over the top violence. Uh, Sleepy Hollow for, worked really well because I think he actually made a rated R horror movie, which I think he can do. Uh, what, what movies of his am I missing? Ed Wood, Mars Attacks. Ed Wood's fantastic. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you really can't knock Ed Wood because again, he's not really, but he's not being goth in Ed Wood. He's doing a, you know, a biography, a bi- biopic about the worst director of all time and that's actually a really great movie yeah. I always forget about that one it's kind of weird right? I always forget about it because it's so not his usual style yeah. I guess the only thing that makes it unique it's in black and white but uh, you know Mars Attacks I don't think is that good either no, it's, 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 it's just it's, it has a lot crazy. of big stars in it Yeah. so it's it's trying to put as many people as they can in the movie Planet of the Apes remake <laughs> do we need to say I anything? saw a part of that back uh, on cable recently and I saw it in the theaters I saw it in theaters too, but I don't I remember didn't see it. it since the theater until I saw it on cable a couple days ago. I remember the Marky Mark part at the end. Ugh. I finally figured I, the ending finally made sense to me when I watched it the second time. Really? Yeah. I don't. Re- I've only Abraham seen it. Lincoln monkey. Yeah, I've only seen it once. Um. What else has he done? Corpse ride. Corpse ride. Yes, I've you know, a lol. <laughs> Oh, uh, Big Fish. That Big was Fish. Good. That was okay. Uh, um, my friend James at CSU said, if I watch Big Fish and didn't cry, then I have no heart, so I guess I'm heartless. You talk about him like he's never been on the show before. <laughs> James. <laughs> Your friend James, who you may have heard on, on our Nebcast. movie one. Uh, um, s- sorry, we got off t- We went back to Tim Burton. Uh, yeah. We were talking about the fanboy. Anyway. And we, when I refer to fanboy, I'm... It's, well, we, it's kind of a generalization. Yeah, like we, not all fanboys are dicks. Yeah, but I mean, they're the ones that post online, though, and it just drives you nuts. I'm talking about yeah, the vile spewing. Yeah, comment you know, thread. And I, I wrote down a, a quick few things that I remember recently 
uh, fanboys. And I'll start with Spider-Man because I follow Spider-Man really closely. Um, one of the biggest changes Sam Raimi made to Spider-Man's origin is he did not make mechanical web shooters. He made organic web shooters. Sam Raimi's rationale behind it is there's no way, uh, no matter how smart Peter Parker is, that in two days he could create a mechanism and fluid that would make webbing where he could swing around town. So his compromise is, he said, well, he got bit by a spider and he mutated into a spider. Uh, he got mutated spider powers, so why not just have the webs part of him? So in the comic books, he doesn't have the w- organic shears, but he at least has like the spider's strength. Oh, yeah. And healing, right? Yeah. So, yeah, why can't he have organic web shooters? Uh, funny that you say that, because a lot of people are mad about it, but when you watch the movie, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then, a year later, Marvel made it part of uh, the comics that he got as part of his evolving... It's a long story, but he evolved, and part of his evolving is he got organic web shooters. So he came back to... They brought the movie full circle. That was a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one was when they cast Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. A lot of people are said, well, the dude from Cider House Rules is going to be Spider-Man. But, you know, when you watch him, he's Peter Parker. You know, uh, a big misconception with Spider-Man is a lot of people think he's a superhero. So, just like Batman, you know, they think that he's this big ripped guy like Superman, he can throw things, but in actuality, Spider-Man uh, vitals is he's 5'10", 165 pounds. He's the size of our friend Brandon. Yeah. You know, he's a small guy. I mean, he has superhuman strength, but he's not this big, muscular Hulk or... He's not Bane. He's not... Ba- exactly. He's not yeah. He's not a superhero like that. He's, he's supposed to be that way because he's limber. You know, he can dodge things and he can swing through the city. And so people were up in arms about Tobey Maguire because, you know, he's he's a, a little guy. He's like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, but people don't remember Spider-Man's not a big big character at all. I've read comment threads that still disapprove of him. Like, I know, right? Good, because like, they're recasting the, exactly. the next three. And so they're like, good, I, yeah, I never thought Tobey Maguire was a good Spider-Man to begin with. And <laughs> Mary Jane, like Kristen... D- Kirsten Dunst is the wrong choice for Mary Jane stuff. Just like, yeah, it's just, dude, let it go. It's like, let it go. And you know, the funny the thing is, these people that hate it so much, I guarantee you're going to be the first ones at midnight in May 2012 to watch Spider-Man in 3D. Mm-hmm. No matter what they say, they say, I'm never watching Spider-Man in 3D. That's stupid. I don't think it's stupid. If you're trying to make a movie and make it new, it's okay that it's 3D. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, some of the movies like The Clash of the Titans that's coming out that they're forcing to be in 3D... I can see you say, why would you see that in 3D? They didn't even shoot it to be in 3D. Mm. But if you're planning on shooting the movie in 3D, like Avatar, then why not see it in 3D? And I think Spider-Man I think lends itself, itself really. perfectly in 3D because he's always too. flying at the screen. I agree. So. I think it actually might be pretty impressive. And uh, Mark Webb, who directed 500 Days of Summer as the new director, he actually called 20th Century Fox Avatar Studios guys who did the 3D to see how to do it properly. Right. And I guess they were so um, impressed by it that they... They're going to give him hints on how to shoot 3D the right way. So, you know, that's okay. You know, some people that hate that. And probably the biggest Spider-Man fanboy controversy is Topher Grace as Venom. Sam Raimi, when he cast the part of Venom, which he didn't want to do anyways, <laughs> he wanted Venom to be a doppelganger of Spider-Man. In the comics, Venom is a meathead. He's huge. Way bigger than Spider-Man. He's, I don't even remember, he's like 6'5", 250 pounds. So he's physically imposing to Spider-Man. Uh, but when Sam Raimi did, he said, well, I want somebody who's comparable to Peter Parker. He wants him to be the opposite of Peter Parker. And that Venom, Topher Grace as Venom, was it. And, of course, Spider-Man 3 is highly regarded as the weakest in the series. Um, but again, you know, 
I, I think sometimes people jump on that bandwagon too soon of that they don't like the movie, even though they've already seen it and they might have said it was good before. Even IGN, who picked Spider-Man 3 as the eighth worst superhero movie of all time. I'm like, really? And Batman and Robin is even on the list? What? Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Is the Punisher? The Punisher is. is Which one? It's, I think, the Thomas <laughs> Jane one. I think it all is all three, actually. Yeah. I've read, so it's just bizarre, because I even want to say that IGN gave it an 8 out of 10 when the movie came out. Hmm. It's interesting how people's perspective change when they start hearing all this stuff about how yeah. bad it is. Their friends, yeah, start agreeing with their friends. Exactly. And here's uh, the next one I wrote down uh, is one that you'll know. Uh, remember when they cast Heath Ledger as the Joker? I have to admit, uh, when I first heard that, I was like... From all those romantic comedies, exactly. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't see it. Yeah, and obviously, um, whether it be Sam Raimi or Christopher Nolan, they know what they're doing. Yeah. and you know, you just don't go into it saying, "Hmm, Heath Ledger, he, you know, he, because he's so handsome and he's been in a Knight's Tale. I'm going to cast him as a Joker." You know, there there's something behind their madness, behind what they do, and I, I can remember reading the worst things about him being the Joker the worst thing they said oh this is the stupidest casting good luck comparing him to jack nicholson in the first one even caesar romero in the 60s batman yeah. show and i mean i wish you know you could go back and read that stuff and you know a lot of people say now because he, he unfortunately died that is if he didn't die was his performance still resonate with people right would people have been as interested to see the movie if he hadn't um, died yeah i think i think it, unfortunately i think it helped a little bit but I, you can't take anything away from that performance. It doesn't matter if he was alive or he's dead. That is the single greatest villain ever in movies. I, I, I think so. Yeah, I forget it's Heath Ledger. Exactly. Know, There's only a couple he's... times when it actually looks like him, too. Like when yeah. he comes out of the, the body bag, right. you know, and it, the makeup's running and stuff. But, you know, he, he transforms in that movie. And to, just, you know, to show that fanboys are wrong, I mean, they were up in arms about Heath Ledger being chosen. And I remember to this day, they were so mad, and then he actually debuted on the cover of Empire Magazine in full Joker costume and makeup as the first picture that they released. And then people all of a sudden, oh, wow, look how cool he looks. Yeah. Well, I have to wait till I hear him. And then, of course, the original teaser trailer was even before he died, was uh, just the sound. And then, uh, you know, just people talking. The screen, oh, what was the... I'm trying the, to remember the dialogue. It's the screen was black, and uh, it was... It had the, the it, logo, like... Breaking away, and, and breaking it. Away. Uh, Alfred just said, "Some people don't want to save the world; they just want to watch it burn." Right. And what did Ledger say? Uh, I think he says uh, something about he always keeps his word. Yeah. Something like that. And Tonight, he, somebody's gonna die. I'm a man of my word. Yeah, and you know, it's just one of those things. That's all the whole trailer, and you, you didn't even see any pictures. You're like, wow. And you know, that's one of those fanboy things that really backfired on people. Yeah. Because they were so against. Heath Ledger being the Joker, and he turned out to be the greatest performance in a Batman movie ever. And it actually brings me to my next one I wrote down uh, as Daniel Craig as James Bond. Yeah. I, we had a friend who said, there can't be a blonde James Bond. That's just stupid. I can't believe that they're making him blonde. Did the original Ian Fleming books have drawings of James Bond in you know, them? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I doubt it. I, I think people just associate it so much with Sean Connery. Right. That, you know, but again, they didn't see anything. And that people are against him being blonde and blue eyes. Like it like it matters. Yeah. And then you see Casino Royale, and you're like, this guy kicks ass. Like, the color of his hair is going to determine how much of a badass he is. Exactly. The and it, the movie was awesome. He's a badass in the movie. Yeah. And he kicks ass. 
Even the Quantum of Solace wasn't like the greatest Bond movie, but it's still really good. That's a story problem. It's not really a James Bond problem. It's not a Daniel Craig problem. You know, a lot of people were mad because I know Pierce Brosnan had a string of really big hits with James Bond, but he started getting old. I think he's like what? He's like fifty-six now or something, isn't he? Probably. And you know, it just comes time. I mean, he did four of them, and that's fine. And they always recast that part. And yeah, when Sean Connery was doing the Bonds, they did one like every year. Yeah, like, they came out year and year. now there's like three years between films because they're so expensive and so elaborate to make exactly like most of the old ones he's just walking around movie sets <laughs> exactly talking you know, spewing the lines there's barely with any action Christ- with daniel pleasance and if there is action it's usually on a like a a, a video screen <laughs> yeah. playing behind him. he's like driving the car yeah. but yeah no that that's another one that really backfired people because you know he that i think casino royale is the best james Bond movie ever yeah, it's probably my favorite. I, I actually go probably it Casi- is. <laughs> Casino Royale, and then GoldenEye, and then Quantum of Solace are mine. Because, really, Quantum of Solace that high? Yeah, because you know the other ones are just so cheesy now. I mean, I appreciate them for what they are, but yeah, it's really hard to get into them. I know I have all I have the, all the all the four volumes of <laughs> all the movies, and all I heard all my life was how awesome the originals were, and like watching them, they're just like the same talking head like very and you know you do like them and it, i mean wide shots all the yeah. time i mean they're 45 years old so you really yeah. can't i mean so much has changed but yeah that's what's frustrating too about the fanboy uh hatred is just like you have no idea how good you have it oh yeah like now. and the other thing is they 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 spew these hateful things online and uh uh like they themselves given the chance they probably couldn't do a better job themselves no um, they'd be totally lost making a movie. And the other thing is, like, when you're saying those negative things to the public like that, inadvertently, you're encouraging sheeple to, <laughs> like, people who don't have an opinion about the film to jump on a bandwagon that, like, they don't really know that they're jumping jumping on. Like, what really bothers me, bothers me is I realize, like, Kevin Smith haters. Mm-hmm. Um,. I can't remember what it was for, but there was some article or something where people, someone just said something about Kevin Smith and, you know, like all this anti-fat people stuff yeah. came on. You know, it's just like, it just doesn't belong there. And it, yeah. it it's also, it's inadvertently hurting someone else's career because that person is going to go tell someone else who doesn't know anything about Kevin Smith and who's never seen their movies that, you know, he's just some kind of idiot. You know how I, I, I relate it. affecting someone else's work. To me, uh, things I like is Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. He, for some reason, well, I know the reason. <laughs> in the early '70s, he was everybody's rock and roll darling. He used to do folk rock albums, where it was just guitars, drums, and bass, and him singing. And then he did the Faces albums. The Faces were considered the greatest rock and roll band no one ever heard of. And you can read reviews nowadays on AMG, and they'll talk about that the Faces are the greatest rock and roll band of all time. When he switched over to Warner Brothers Records and made Atlantic Crossing. He got rid of the rootsy music and he made a more polished music sound. And uh, it was popular at the time. Exactly, and so he really changed with times. And so as soon as he did that, the music critics were like, "What is he doing? He's the greatest folk singer of all time." And now he's doing, you know, "You're in My Heart," big stadium anthems and stuff. And and then they they go on. They'll they'll talk about uh, I forget what album it is, but they talk about how great these songs are in it. And then all of a sudden they'll start reviewing Rod Stewart himself. Saying, well, now he's a jet setter. He has a supermodel wife, and he has a mansion in Hollywood. Two out of three stars, or two out of five stars. And they say how good the songs are, but then they review Rod Stewart, and they don't the review person. they don't yeah. review the the work. 
That has no place in the review. And then I'll I'll never forget. I, it's actually on iTunes. They have uh, a review of one of his albums, and it's like two out of five stars. And they said, and you know, the only redeeming quality is Rod Stewart's cover of Bob Dylan's Forever Young. Okay, that's fine. Bob Dylan does have a Forever Young. But Rod Stewart's Forever Young is way different than Bob Dylan's Forever Young. So they don't even listen to the album. Because if they listen to the album or read the liner notes, they know that Rod Stewart wrote Forever Young on that album. And they do that continuously. They call the songs the wrong names and... So it's just people that just may have a preconceived notion about these movies. The people who don't do their or, homework. Or music. Exactly. You know, spouting misinformation, and that mis- misinformation can lead to, like, it could affect his business. Ex- I mean, how many people download on iTunes, and they're like, well, I'm not going to listen to that song. It's a Bob Dylan song. Yeah. You know, and it's just, and that's fine if you don't like the song. I'm not saying you don't have to like the song, but, like, but you should you know what you're talking about. It, right, yeah. <laughs> And you get the same thing in movies. You have, you just said with Kevin Smith, you have people review the movie saying, oh, it's funny, this and that. But Kevin Smith made a, a ruckus about Southwest Airlines, about fat people, and bleh, 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 bleh. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, the, whatever. Then they don't really review the movie. They review the circumstances behind the movie, you know? It's like saying Tiger Woods isn't a good golfer because he's exactly. his life. They, they, like, they, you know, they're saying, is, is Tiger Woods going to lose his golfing? No. <laughs> You never lose that ability. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting because you know, you know, we all don't we all have opinions, and that's what's great about America. But you should just get the facts right. You know, I can, I mean, just when I told you why I didn't like Alice in Wonderland, I knew what I was talking about. I told you why the CGI didn't look good, and just you just can't hate because you hate. Yeah, you, you can know? say Tim Burns an idiot. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, he makes a certain kind of movie. I don't like it. That's teenage girls like you know exactly and that's fine you know you can these are true things exactly and i'm not i don't like twilight you've seen twilight i have not but somebody likes it because it makes 300 million dollars yeah a lot of people want to see it a lot of people read the book i would i don't like it but that's not going to stop i would never knock anybody you know uh because we went saw paranormal activity and we weren't that impressed with it it was okay Mm -hmm. but you know some people made a huge impact on it but i respect a person who makes a movie for fifteen thousand dollars and it goes on to gross over 150 million dollars that yeah. to me is really impressive agreed so you know i would never knock somebody for making a movie you know there's parts in i know it's really hard to, like it's really hard to get exactly a movie or a tv show made exactly i mean i might not really like hard. the movie and i'll make fun of it or whatever but I would never... I mean, Tim Burton can do something I can't do. He could walk into Disney tomorrow and say, Hey, I want to make a new Robinson Caruso. Okay, what's your idea? Well, I'm going to make it dark and gloomy and have these weird goth things going on. And they'll be like, whatever, you make us money all the time. I can't do that. And I'd probably go see it because, <laughs> I, you know... And really, you got to put your own spin on it because really you're just going to copy what someone else did before. Exactly. You know, it, We just, saw Robinson Crusoe with the shipwreck <laughs> and the... Yeah island stuff that you you know probably looks like timber and if you steal this from me if you do robinson caruso robinson caruso Caruso. (laughs) i pick robinson caruso that's like the Mm -hmm. most random thing of all the fairy tale or not fairy tales but yeah historic or literature (laughs) but anyways you know my whole point about my rant going on is you know it's i would always give people the benefit of the doubt you know, you know, you always question things. I mean, I, I'm lying if I'm. I when I heard Heath Ledger, I'm like, what the hell are they doing? But at the same time, you have to respect the filmmaker. I don't think Christopher Nolan's made a bad movie. He has many bad movies. I'd say he like Memento is a good movie, but it's like probably his. But that's one of his first. That's his first major movie, wasn't it? That was a, he did. Um, 
following, and then Memento, and then I think uh, Insomnia. Or I said Memento. I I am an Insomnia. Yeah, Insomnia is um, okay. It's a remake. So yeah, the only thing that it doesn't it's it's a good movie. It's a good remake, but it's um it's really predictable, and uh, you know it's really unusual. Just, it's not his because it's not his story. Like yeah. it's not his creation. Like that. It's still what, shot beautifully, though. Yeah, it's that's what's weak about it is. When you look at the rest of his work being pretty much his own, yeah, I agree. Even the Batman ones, he's with his brother and Goyer corrected uh, perfected. If it stories. wasn't for Christopher Nolan and Sam Raimi, the superhero movies you're seeing now would never be have been made. I'd put Brian Singer in there too. Oh yeah, well Brian Singer, well Brian Singer really got the ball rolling with the first X Men, yeah. and then Spider Man came out. Speaking of X Men, you're gonna <laughs> oh, I have lead into one. your other uh, yeah, fanboy yeah. gripe. Uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I remember. Uh, a lot of people were mad because they casted uh, Dougree Scott as originally was supposed to play Wolverine, mm-hmm. and he got tied up doing Mission Impossible Two, and so they said, "Well, we have to recast it because Mission Impossible Two is another, you know, big. I think those came out in the same year, X Men and Mission Impossible Two. So that's why I couldn't do it because you know it's a big franchise too. And if you're an actor, you're like, well, you know, Mission Impossible is established." I really shouldn't leave this movie to go do one where it's you really don't know what the outcome of the movie is going to be. And so they didn't cast him, and they ended up getting Hugh Jackman. Well, Hugh Jackman is 6'2". In the comics, Wolverine is 5'3". So right away, fanboys are mad because Wolverine's super tall now. He's not a compact, muscular guy. He's a tall, muscular guy now. And again, little stuff like that, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, what? what is are it? Are you really comparing his size on the screen the whole time? Exactly. Are you, are you you're not like, paying huh? attention to the story? What? Dude, he's he's taller than Storm. That's not accurate. Yeah. And uh, and then when they heard that they cast Hugh Jackman, who is a Broadway play guy, who's a singer, a dancer, <laughs> and people right away are saying, what are they doing? Is Brian Singer in love with him because he's gay and he has a gay heart on for Hugh Jackman? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, in, when when you actually think about it, a dancer and a someone who has a stage presence probably really good for a superhero, because to choreograph fights, yeah, to do stuff like that, you know, it works. And you know, now Hugh Jackman's recognized as one of the greatest uh, per- portrayals of a comic book character ever as Wolverine because he plays it right. He plays it as a rough, tough guy who chomps on cigars and kicks ass, and that's all Wolverine does, you know, and. And if not, if not that, just you know, he's an actor. So exactly. He's Give him going a little to credit. Play <laughs> other things that aren't his identity. Exactly. You know? And you know, he and I'm, I'm, I really like that he went on to do even cool movies after that. Yeah. You know, uh, Prestige comes to mind immediately. Yeah. You know, is awesome because he's just one of those actors who can do anything. I mean, it, it, it'd be nice to know that I could sing and dance and be an action star. So yeah, that, I mean that was our big gripe. Is he can't believe he's six two. You get more two. work being that versatile. You know, you know he's six two and whatever. And I, I just put these down because I just wanted to prove that you know you really shouldn't judge until you see it on screen. You know, even John Favreau got a little crap for doing Iron Man because like why are they giving this guy who did Swingers Iron Man some comedy guy? Exactly. Yeah, but they don't Man. they forget that he made uh, Zathura, which was Zathura, Zathura, yeah. however you pronounce it, was a huge special effects movie too. Mm-hmm. And when you focus on Iron Man, really wasn't about the action. Yeah, had some action pieces. That was really about Robert Downey Tony Jr. Tony Stark, yeah. yeah. Tony Stark. And, you know, I think that was one of the few times where a guy was cast as a lead in a comic movie where everyone said, yes, that is who it should be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still read the stuff like, 
Really? Oh, so he's going to be drunk on the set all the time? Or Really? Uh, I guess this is its kind of mean, but... Uh, oh, yeah, well, Tony Stark's a drunk in the comics, so it was perfect <laughs> casting, you know? Huh. Like, that's unfair. But, you know, that's too... People have so, such a hard time taking away from someone's personal life to what they do on screen. Yeah. Big one now is Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise really doesn't make bad movies. I mean, what's the last bad movie you saw with Tom Cruise? My point exactly. <laughs> like, you can't even... I'm trying to think. He was really funny in Tropic Thunder. It was his last movie he's done in, like, three or four years. Yeah, he was good in that. War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. That night and day, though, doesn't look that great to me, but... Yeah, but, you know, I, you know, I think that's more of he's trying to get back to... Branch out. Br- Take like, what he can get. <laughs> yeah, well, not get... I mean, he can do whatever he wants, but, yeah. you know, he's... He's repairing his image, which I think is really ridiculous that you have to repair your image because you jumped on a couch. You, you jumped on a couch saying you love somebody. And I mean, he did that other thing where it was really weird where he's recruiting people for Scientology. It was really weird, but I still can separate him making a good movie. John Travolta still gets work. <laughs> I know, and he made Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Uh, but you know, th- that's a big one now is Tom Cruise. What was his last movie that he made? I'm trying to think. I think Besides it was Tropic, Tropic, Thunder. Tropic Thunder. No, he made another one uh, Lions he? for Lambs. Uh, yes. Yeah, that one didn't do very well. But he really wasn't in it. God, he had one. I can't remember it. Why can't I remember? Did Mission Impossible 3? Mission Impossible 3. Minority Tropic Report Thunder. was before War of the Worlds. Yeah, then he did Tropic Thunder and Lions for Lambs, right? I think so. So he's only done like three movies in like seven years. Oh, no, he did Valkyrie. Oh, yeah, Valkyrie. And he was good in Valkyrie. Like, there was <laughs> another fanboy thing. He doesn't even speak with a German accent. Well, if you if they actually watch the movie, he speaks in German for the first two minutes, and then he just segues into his normal. So then you don't have to read those god awful so, subtitles. And you don't have so to. Hard. You don't have to deal with someone trying to do a German accent for a whole movie. Yeah, you know it. It doesn't matter. It's trying to tell a story. It's not trying to. Another gripe for X Men was the costumes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Because they went all black leather. Yeah. Uh, the the gay black leather. Like really? Like I, you know, I t- I don't think I want to see uh, a bright yellow, yellow, bright yellow leather Wolverine costume flying around the and screen. Blue? Or, like that doesn't make any sense. Or Storm with like, or Rogue with like green wings. You know. Exactly. You know, it fits in the X Men. The Spider Man costume works. You know, he's Spider Man. Whatever, Batman works. But in the X Men, I don't think the bright yellow costumes would work. Yeah, it just looks goofy. It Especially looks when everyone goofy. has like such creative and diverse powers. Exactly. And and tell me that uh, Wolverine doesn't look cool in all leather, or Cyclops doesn't look cool in all yeah. leather. As long as he still has the visor, it doesn't really matter. It's still Cyclops. Do they draw them in the black leather in the like Astonishing X Men book? They do now, yeah. Yeah, like back in the day, all the colors on the page it looked good on paper. Yeah, but like on screen when it's in the real world, you've got to bring it down a notch. Exactly. So yeah, that's that's why I forgot about that one. Otherwise, it looks like the Batman '60s TV show. Yep. You know, and you can't have that. You know, you can't have the joke. Love the movie versions of that. Yeah, you you can't have the Riddler in, in like you know a green tuxedo with purple question marks on it. That just looks silly, like in Batman Forever. Forever. Yeah, it just looks silly. That's the only defense I can give Sh- Schumacher for his two Batman films is that he admittedly only saw the TV show. <laughs> so those two movies are excellent updates of the classic TV show. Well, it's weird too because Schumacher made some re- has made some really weird movies. I mean, the Batman ones he made, The Lost Boys, just unusual things. Um, Flatliners. Flatliners. Family of the Opera. Yeah, that's actually... I mean, visually, it's a fantastic movie, but yeah. the rest of it, eh. 8mm, meh. Gerard Butler with... Before he was Percy's. Before he was... Yeah. King, King Leonidas, I'm sorry. Leonidas, yeah. 
But yeah, no. What other fanboy gripes you got on your list there? Uh, that, that was it. I can not think of other one. I've started rambling off other ones as, as I remembered. Remember uh, Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to that podcast. Yeah, we already talked about that one. <laughs> that was good for its time. Yep. We should talk about stuff like Double Dragon and Street Fighter some other time. We should. Uh, uh, the Oscars were on Sunday. The, the Oscars were on. I uh, didn't watch them because I'm done with that. Yeah. I oh, what the fuck, dude? You know, I I thought my phone was dead. Um, I watched them because I was at work, and I'd rather have that on than CNN all day. <laughs> and I can tell you, I am shocked beyond belief that Avatar did not win Best Picture. I I couldn't believe it when I was watching it. Me, me a little bit too. Like I I had a feeling that the director of the Hurt Locker would win because it seems I don't know. It didn't even occur to me that the Academy would vote to like. Because she's a woman, like that would be a factor. Yeah, exactly. That didn't even occur to me, but it makes sense. But yeah, you, and she's pretty cute. Can't believe James Cameron divorced her. And banged her. And banged her. No. Um, but uh, Christoph Waltz won for, you know, Inglorious yeah. Bastards, which he should have. Yeah, he should have. I didn't think he would win. I thought, like, some awful thing would happen. And oh, he wouldn't. yeah. <laughs> you know, then they gave it to Jeff Bridges for Crazy Heart, which I haven't seen, but I kind of want to see now because I heard it was really good. Have you seen the Tron Legacy trailer? Yeah. It was in 3D. It looks all right. Oh, yeah. You, it was in front of your Alice in Wonderland. I saw it online today. <laughs> I, I A couple days ago, I thought I downloaded the new one, and it was just the one I saw at Comic-Con two years yeah. ago. I was like, are you kidding me? You want to hear something funny? I, I was reading that, that Comic-Con was not a preview, but it was a test to see how the audience in the, in the, in the auditorium sense. would yeah. react to it. And when people started cheering, they're like, oh, okay, I guess it's viable enough. Because that movie looks like it's expensive. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm all down for it after watching that new trailer. Yeah, it looks interesting. I'm in. It looks fantastic. You know, because it's different. I saw the original part of it. Um, <laughs> the, the original Scott Awful. The original Tron. I saw it as a kid, but haven't since. And it was on HDNet, so it was in full HD. And I was sucked in until hockey switched over. <laughs> and then I couldn't watch it anymore because it's not out on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's all right. I don't think it's that good, but... Yeah, it, it looks like a... But, you know, shallow 80s movie yeah but, but you know the new one looks like where it belongs like the, maybe the 80s one was too ambitious for the time mm-hmm. and well, now yeah, they're, they're able to experimenting with special effects for that oh you know so. what fanboy thing we missed is Chris Pine as Captain Kirk in Star Trek yeah even that got me too yeah but anyways yeah back to yeah. the Oscars uh, or anybody in the new Star Trek Star remake, Trek won an Oscar for best makeup yeah that's good for Star Trek um, more Oscar stuff. I didn't really pay attention, like to, like Best Picture, Best Director. Yeah, uh, Up won Best Animated, obviously. Yeah. It also won Best Original Score. Did it? Yeah. Oh, it did. Yeah. The that was really interesting. Yeah. Oh, what was interesting is the uh, original song. One of the writers of it is Ryan Bingham, uh-huh. and that's the character name for George Clooney and Up in the Air. It is. So that real I person. I need to get that DVD is, today. I forgot it came out. Yeah, me too. Wish I had the original cover art from the poster. <laughs> yeah. Marketing. But, uh, but yeah, no, I was actually surprised. You know what actually made me laugh when I was watching the Oscars? Because they uh, gave uh, the best director to Catherine Bigelow. And she walked off stage, and Tom Hanks, I didn't know, is the governor of the Academy. He comes out, and he says, And the winner for Best Picture is The Hurt Locker. No, no card. Nothing? No card. No, no, he had the card. Oh. But like you know, you expect him to say the nominees for best um, picture are. No, he walked out, opened it up, and just said it. Wow. Yeah, because I was saying, oh, cool, she won. So I started uh, because at my Qdoba, the TV's like in the corner, 
and you know no one was in there because the Oscars and people were at home so I started to walk around our line and I look up and he's already opening up the envelope I'm like what <laughs> and, I, and we have closed captioning so it's a little behind and he says uh, yeah the winner is like he seriously came out said like one line and then said the winner is are they supposed to say the Oscar goes to uh, I don't know it said the winner is on closed captioning huh interesting because I, I thought officially like because there's some kind of legal issue that they have to say the Oscar goes huh, to I don't know or it's, I mean, it's they might fair because saying the winner implies that there's losers. I don't know. Maybe they put the winner is because it's on closed captioning yeah. instead of the Oscar goes to. It's shorter. But yeah. But you know, I, I the only mistake I think Hollywood made again is they gave it to a movie that not a lot of people have seen. It's not a very big... It's a really... It's an independent movie, really. Yeah. But if it hadn't won, Avatar would have won and I don't think I could have yep. lived with that. <laughs> I was praying that maybe Inglorious Bastards would win or something. Yeah. But... Inglorious Bastards up in the air... I uh, thought it would be good. I was actually hoping Up would win so that something else in the animation category, like yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox, would win. Yeah, you, um, but you know Up would never have won because they're going to give it to it in the animated, and when people are voting, they're like, oh, I already yeah. gave it in the animated. Why would I vote for it? The Academy doesn't recognize animation as... Or horror movies. Even though they did movies, a long yeah, montage of horror fiction. movies, did you see... Oh, you didn't watch the Academy. Watch they, it, had yeah. a, they had a huge montage of killers in movies. Like horror movies, they had like Freddy, Jason, and Michael Myers and stuff. Like, this is in wow. the Academy Awards? <laughs> the Blob and stuff is really interesting. I don't know what made them do it this year. Uh, did they leave anyone out of the in memoriam? Um, no, I I didn't see it all, but I saw Brittany Murphy and Michael Jackson. Hmm. I don't know who else. What I guess, movie was Michael Jackson in? Uh, he made Moonwalker, and he did The oh. Wiz. Classics. Yep. <laughs> the Wiz, uh... But yeah, yeah. I didn't have. I think something gave the well, Sandra Bullock one. I, I haven't seen The Blind Side, but I guess she's the only good part of it. Yeah, that movies made as much movie as uh, as much money as as Star Trek did. I know, right? Weird. It's because women drag their men to see movies. <laughs> but I'll see it. My um, fiance's parents said it was really good. Uh, but I, I'm not. I really don't like those melodramas too much. Where you know you're. Even though I already, I even know how the story ends. The guy who plays for the Baltimore Ravens now. So I don't. <laughs> I know. I saw plenty this year. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I don't know. Whatever. You know, it's. I thought the Academy works better, and Neil Patrick Harris had an opening number. And they, I thought the hosts were actually good choices for the hosts. Uh, Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin, funny guys. I was a. Uh, you, you know John Ekstrom. Yeah. Uh, he described prior to the show a couple weeks ago. He described the Oscars as being uh, Hollywood giving itself a blowjob. Pretty much. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm, I think I'm going to pass on you, this you know, anymore. The, the only thing I don't like about the Oscars, and I still like them because I'm such a movie fan, but I don't like when they go up there and they say, I want to thank, you know, God, I want to thank my parents and my team of lawyers. <laughs> what? And then they go on and say, like, their agents and stuff. Who cares about those people? <laughs> like, seriously. Honestly, those people do. I know, but it seems like they're obligated to say it. Yeah. Uh, Monique, who won for Best Supporting Actress and doesn't shave her legs. <laughs> oh. uh, she. They have to thank those people because those people get them their next job. Yeah, well, she went up there and um, said she wouldn't be where she is if um, a black actress won in, like, Maddie something in 1939 for Gone with the Wind was the first African-American to win an Academy Award. She said that, and then she went right into her lawyer's by name like, well you really kind of ruined the moment <laughs> because you went into your lawyers the other thing too is how people assume that because the academy voted that 
you know, The Hurt Locker is the best picture of the year, Catherine Bigelow is the best director, and everything else down the line that definitively that is the best picture of the year. And it's it's not. It's whatever you liked is the best picture of the year. Yep. Like, there is no definitive choice. It's just this group of people chose this, and that's what they like. Yeah. So when people go around, you know, defending something because, well, the Academy chose it, so it's official. Yeah. It's... No, it isn't. I still think it's funny when movies have the best screenplay of the year, and they have, like, maybe the best actor, but it doesn't win the best movie. What? (laughs) Yeah. Or, like, you know, you you would associate the best director and the best movie of the year would probably be the same award. Like, so if you're the best director, you obviously have the best movie of the year. Yeah, and usually it does work out that way. Yeah. It was only, like, in the 90s that it was kind of off a bit, but, like, in many years before that, it was always hand-in-hand. The English patient was a downhill. (laughs) It's a downfall. Um... But yeah, you know, the the cool thing is, is, you know, I would like to see Jason Reitman win for Up in the Air for Best Director. But the good thing is he's so young and he's made so many, he's made cool movies already that you know he's going to be there again. Yeah, he'll get back. And as they had a little thing with his dad beforehand, he says, yeah, it's good to see that my son's a better filmmaker than me. (laughs) That's kind of funny. That's cool. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that was our... Anyways, um, that is our catch-up podcast. Catch-up podcast and why we don't like fanboys. Yeah. Well, certain kinds of certain fanboys. Fan, we shouldn't say all because we're fanboys, too. Yeah, we're nerds. We're nerds. Um, we're just know, the fanboys who can't... Disassociate the comic from, from... Or just who think that their opinion matters so much, weighs heavily on the world. Yep, it doesn't. Why don't you just go see the movie and then make your judgment on it? Or, or if you've seen the movie and you don't like it, um, just tell people in your circle that you don't like it. There's... Or post a blog like I do if I don't like the movies. Yeah. I don't need to go on message boards and say that because uh, I'm a Sam Raimi fan. I love Sam Raimi, but I didn't go on a message board and say it. Or develop a valid argument. Exactly. Just don't, just don't say, "Oh, they're a shithead," because <laughs> they're in this movie and they make this and they made that other movie. So I love the ones that are in like totally terrible grammar. Yeah. I never see Spider-Man 3D. What? Anywho. <laughs> yeah. I- don't even it's it's so frustrating it just clogs my brain and i can't think anymore but uh it needs to end the good thing is we're in america and we all can have an opinion so matt it's okay that you don't like uh things that we like and you know what you're wrong secret wars would not make a good movie <laughs> and i guess since it is america and we have a freedom of speech if you really hate a movie you can spew bile on the internet you can it is totally within your right it is in your right but you are stupid but everyone else is looking at you like you're an idiot. Matt, please go read The Secret Wars again. And I want you to tell me that the Beyonder, who wears a disco outfit, would be a good fit in movies. Does Matt listen to this? Probably not. Hmm. But whatever. Tag him in it and see if he you know, <laughs> finds himself. Hey, Matt, you should go listen to this audio file. Tell us <laughs> what you think. But yeah. Uh... Anywho. So that's our show. Yeah. Um, seems like a downer show. I think you're just tired. You sound tired. Do I? And sick. I do sound sick. Dude, I'm getting sick again. Yeah, don't get me sick. I guess I have two weeks off, so I don't have to worry about it. It's annoying the hell out of me. I keep, I've keep. i been sick so many times lately. I don't know why. I don't know why I keep on getting sick. Because you don't sleep right. Yep. You stay up. <laughs> and you, yeah, you sleep weird. And hey, you... speaking of which, 24 was really freaking awesome this week. Oh, yeah. I was talking about 24. Dude. Isn't you know, the pre- well, this week was... I, I thought, thought this was week right, was, but I thought the this week was really good. Next week? New preview for next week got me Looks pumped. Sick. 
Yeah. But I thought this week was really good because it actually um, had some tension in it. A dude exploded. A dude exploded. My mom was shocked. She's and like, I, oh my god, he's all over the place. And I love, I love the part where Jack says, look me in the eye and know that I am not lying to you. Like, yes, I love those <laughs> moments. There haven't been enough of those. And finally, that President Hassan's getting on thing. I remember I told you last week, I'm like, I think that head of security guy is actually a bad guy. Yeah, well, I suspected it anyway. Yeah. They've done that in previous seasons where they accuse a guy and they set him up as being one of the good guys. And then they accuse him, falsely accuse him, but and it then could they also turn be, around and he is the bad guy. You it know? could also be another uh, Tony Almeida from the first season where you think he is a bad guy. Then he's not the bad guy that you think he is again. And then he turns out to be like the guy who saves Jack Bauer. I just want to know who's infiltrating CTU right now. <laughs> That's like blows well, my mind. Well, What's yeah, going on? Well, yeah, because they said there's a huge plot twist. And, you yeah. know, that close to the only thing I didn't like is the forced thing with Dana Walsh again. Yeah. We're like, I'm a probation officer. Like, dude, I don't know who he is. He called me once. I used to date him. Uh, bye. I just hang up. I think he's going to be back. He's not going to. Like, that's Stephen Root. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stephen Root's going to come back. That's not saying... a good part. So he'll be. No, that's what I'm saying. That's how I would handle it if I was her character. Mm. I'd be saying, you know what? He's called me. I used to date him, but I told him to get lost. Yeah. She's. Her handling of his. She's stupid. stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah. She is. She's made it clear that she's stupid. I miss her, Sarah Michelle Geller. It was better in this one because... I thought she should have just shot those guys in the club. Like, it would have made a more interesting story. Yeah. Instead of stalking them and then... I don't know. But yeah, no, I actually like this week's episode. I thought there was lots of tension and it moved quickly. And the acting was incredible. was really good. With I the thought they got his mom... The, the terrorist guy's mom there too quick. Again, like... It seems so? too easy or too convenient. I, well, I, I think It was he, like within... 10 or 15 minutes. I think he said that, though, on the column. He said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Have you driven around New York? <laughs> well, he might have taken a helicopter. I don't know. Probably. I just went around your logic. Helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> the writers are in the room right now. They'd be like, yes, what that guy said. Check, please. Because we didn't catch that. We didn't really think that detail. But that guy got it. <laughs> Bailed us out. But yeah, no. Uh, you know, also, too, sometimes with 24, when you watch them week to week, you sometimes forget how like much happens, and then when you watch them like back to back to back to back on DVD, like the series gets better. Yeah, it's always better on DVD. Yeah, for sure. Which I don't want to admit because that means, like, if if we start admitting that, like on comment threads, Fox will read them and then decide, exactly. oh, maybe Twenty Four shouldn't be on network TV anymore. Well, it hasn't been renewed yet. Have you? Yeah. Did you read that about it going to NBC possibly? Yeah. I don't care as long as it's still on. Yeah, whatever. And it's Jack Bauer. And I don't it's think... not in a time slot that makes me not want to watch it. See, you know, I think it actually could benefit from going on, like, FX. Maybe not in viewers, but in in terms of uh, what they can get away with. Or what's Fox's, mo- Fox's movie or premium station? Is that just it's FX? Because that's where Rescue Me... Um, where they can show, like, a body exploding. Yeah, the shield just... and stuff were yeah. on there. Cool. Yeah, it should go on there. Or, like, could you imagine it being on HBO? awesome i know people say shit <laughs> or fuck but I'm, I'm, no I, more they, just damn. I was reading that they're still trying to develop it in a movie for it so i'm I have a feeling it's going to be renewed for the ninth season and then kind of go into the movie and maybe not be the ninth season be the last one yeah you kind of get the sense sometimes 24 has to pull its punches and it sucks oh yeah well i mean we'd really love to see how far they could take something. even when that dude blew up like you saw him blow up, and then the the explosion was like fire, and then the cut back to it. There was blood everywhere. Yeah. 
It's a big spray. Yeah. Don't you think Jack should have gotten some shrapnel from that? <laughs> like that door just came into pieces like right Dude, next to his neck and stuff. Yeah. It's Jack He's Bauer. invincible. He's invincible. We love Jack. I guess he just got stabbed a couple hours he earlier did. by Renee, so. He did. He got his... See, that in, That sucks. I, you inflicted know, wound. I guess my only... Like, I actually enjoy this season a lot. I think it's interesting. But I wish they would do more time with Jack and Renee. Like, that's an interesting story. And she kind of just went away. And she's cute. Look. It's only been like two episodes that she's been. Yeah, I know, but I mean, but she's only been on like phone calls. I mean, them actually doing something. Yeah. But she did snap. That was a cool twist in the plot. Usually it's Jack Bauer that snaps. And I wish they'd taken that stabbing a little further, like taking Jack out of a few episodes. Just to. I mean. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, it just makes it more interesting because he's always like in action and he's always racing back to CTU and out somewhere. The fact that he's, you know, incapacitated for a couple, you know, hours. Like, in the logic of 24, you know, things don't happen as fast as they do nowadays. Like, if you go back to, like, first season, uh-huh. a lot of plot lines are drawn out across oh, yeah. five or six episodes in the last two or three seasons. It's like something major happens each hour. Well, you know why they did that is because they want people to be able to watch it. Yeah. Like, if someone came in at episode five, they could still watch it. But as a purist, it's like it's become more episodic than... Yeah. No, what I it agree. was created for was to draw one story out across I agree. I think a single it, it kind of did that started in like season four. Yeah. No, I agree. But I, I agree that something major should happen like it. But it's not, Obviously sometimes next it feels week, like a whole story arc wraps up in you know an hour. The next week has to be like the twelfth episode. I think be- so. Because it's like weeks. it's like the big change, you know. Well, if uh, like was it January January fifteenth, which yeah. is like so two, and then four. That's six weeks. January for six weeks, four episodes in one week, so four plus six, it's ten. Yeah. So we're probably on 11? 11, 11, 11 or 12. 11, yeah. 12. Last week was 11. Point. Yeah, this week should be 12. 12, yeah. Okay. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'd like to see what the... Because it also does seem like it involves Jack. It's kind of something going on behind him. Yeah. Something no one apparently saw coming, so... Yeah. And you have to figure, too, President Taylor's going to come back into it in some way because she's kind of not really been involved... Yeah, that's another thing they've changed is usually it's like Jack's story and then the president yeah. of the United States story. But they, Instead, this time it's the foreign president's story. Yeah, they actually named Wayne Palmer in the yeah. last episode, and that's the first time I've heard his name in two seasons. And we never found out if he... Is he dead or is he not? Yeah. I don't know. He was in a coma at the end of season six, and three years have gone by? Yeah. Two years? No one said anything. Three years. Maybe he's on a different TV Longer show. Longer in the actual timeline of the show. Maybe he's in a different TV show or something. That's why I can't do it. <laughs> so. Anyways. Cool. Right on. Yep. Keep Thanks. watching 24. Check out com. Yep. Thanks for not writing two weeks, two, uh, two days. That's great. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> it's like you've been working or something. <laughs> Dude. I want to die. <laughs> you heard it here. Ryan wants to die. <laughs> Bye. Do your balls hang low, Ryan? Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? I could tie them in a bow.